Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, welcome to this special mini edition of the Locked On Islanders Podcast. Islanders advance to the conference finals for the first time in 27 years, defeating the Philadelphia Flyers 4-0 in a game where the Islanders played their style of hockey and were able to emerge victorious. A hard-fought game. Tomas Grice stepped in, played exceptionally well, and we're going to break it down with Gary Harding of WGBB Radio and the Islanders Booster Club In just a couple of minutes, if you have an Islanders question, topic, something that's on your mind, feel free to send us an email with your question or topic, and if you leave your name and your number, we'll be sure to mention you on the air when we talk about it. Uh, The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. You could follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. And we'll have the latest Islanders news and notes for you. And right now, it's my pleasure to welcome back to the show from WGBB Radio and the Islanders Booster Club, Gary Harding. And Gary, how are you today? I'm feeling much better, thank you. What a, what a, what a great night. Unbelievable evening for the first time since 1993, a.k.a. the beginning of the Bill Clinton administration, the New York Islanders are in the conference finals. They will be leaving Toronto, heading to Edmonton to take on the Tampa Bay Lightning. And uh, the last tweet that I made uh, before heading over here, or one of the last tweets, was there are four teams left with a chance to win the Stanley Cup this year, and one of them is the New York Islanders. Let that sink in. How does that feel? It feels great. Um, you know, on a personal note, uh, 27 years ago, I started to date my wife, and it was right before the playoffs began. So it was a it was a great start to our relationship, and um, you know, it was a great great effort. You know, you knew that this team was going to be, um, you know, absolutely, you know, spot on. Um, the moving of Grice to start the game, I thought was a great, a great move on Barry's part, you know, not to take any thing away from what Semyon Varlamov has done. He's been fantastic. Um, but it just, it just felt that the Islanders need just a little bit of tweaking on the, uh, on the engine. And it was the little engine that could. And I, I say that every single player on this team had a part or a, in in, in a, either a small form or a big form to make uh, this game seven be as successful as they, as they did. And like you said, on to Edmonton. 
Yeah, and you know, so many little things that I loved about this game. The first one was that, well, I mean, I'll start with the first goal. Scott Mayfield obviously struggled in game six. His stick broke, you know, uh, had had a couple of giveaways that certainly he was not happy about. And for him to come out on fire the way he did and score the first goal of the game uh, with an assist from Taves, no less. I mean, that had to feel good. And it was such a good sign to see for the Islanders. Exactly. You know, and it's been it's always been Barry Trotz's philosophy that to to have the defenseman come up if if the if the uh, the right situation uh, warranted it, and and you know they've been great at it. I mean, Andy Green with the second goal the same way. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I really, I honestly, when I go back and I analyze Game Six, yes, I mean, you know, he had a couple of miscues and he had that he had that uh, stick break which caused the game winning goal in Game Six. But I really thought Scott Mayfield played very well. I really think his game has gone to another level he's really you know you know he's not flashy he's not you know going to be like a Kale McCarr or a Brent Hughes or anything like that and sometimes you wonder why he um you know has that long motion to get the puck off his stick but you know but I I have full confidence in him and and he he shows that and when when you know when he's stepping up into either into pinch or into um you know, certain situations where he's got a chance to shoot the puck, I really feel confident that he's going to do something well. And 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 looking throughout the game, I mean, there was a couple of instances where Scotty was behind the net. I thought he was trying to go for goal number two tonight, you know, which he didn't get. But I was very, very pleased with uh, – and I'm sure he, he feels a big sigh of relief, you know, to get that first goal and get the game uh, moving the Islanders' way. And then the second goal, which, as you mentioned, Andy Green set up on a on a very beautiful and patient play by Derek Broussard. And, you know, some people were wondering if Broussard would stay in the lineup. I, I thought he would. He had a goal and an assist in game six. But what a great play, great vision, great patience and, and a pinpoint pass to Green to give him the two nothing lead. Yeah, and again, another example of, of how the defense steps up. You know, you're expecting, you know, oh, you figure you got the Allens have a 2 nothing lead. You're going to say, oh, it's probably, you know, Barzal and Lee or Bo and Bailey or whatever. But, you know, it was it was the defense that did it. And and the thing that I noticed, and it, it especially in the last two or three games, it's happened a lot, is that where the Islanders were able to, you know, capitalize going cross ice, you know, between face-off circle to face-off circle with the passing going right to left. And it seems like, for whatever reason, Carter Hart just, you know, as great as he played, and he had a tremendous series, he had trouble going back from his from his left to his right to get to the left post. And, you know, Anders Lee had one, and, you know, Green had the same one where he had that basically that wide-open net on the left to shoot at. And, um, you know, a great result. And then, you know, the third goal to me, uh, you know, Brock Nelson gets the goal, pretty goal. But again, Josh Bailey, I can't say enough about what he's done and and 14 assists right now uh, in in the postseason for Bales. And, you know, he's not flashy. He's not making those highlight real end to end rushes, but he is just such a smart hockey player. You know, the, the Barry Trot said he's got the best IQ on this team, hockey IQ on this team. And, and to all those people that doubt him, that say, oh, you know, he doesn't do this, he doesn't do that. Again, 
try to isolate yourself and watch him sometimes. Don't don't necessarily you know you see him use this, you're seeing what he does, but there's so many things he does away from the puck and away from the situation that are signs you don't see from a lot of players in the NHL, and that and that's that's a testament to to the smarts that he's got. You know you know everybody looks that looks for the goals and everybody looks for the uh, you know the highlight reels that are going to be on the NHL Network and ESPN, but you know what? It's those little plays that allow the guys like the the Brock Nelsons and the Matt Barzells to make those great plays. And that's something you don't, you can't teach. It's something that's just inherent, you know, in your, in your play. And, um, you know, you know, Gil, from the years we've known each other, that I've been a very big fan of Josh Bailey, my wife as well. And, and believe me, we are very happy, two happy people with um, how our, our favorite Islander is playing. Yeah, I've always been a big Bailey fan, too. Uh, just, to me, one of the underappreciated Islanders. Uh, you know, we we have talked before about Barry Trotz and just sort of his gut instinct of putting the right guy in the lineup at the right time. And certainly with Grice, that comes through when he gets the shutout. Uh, 16 saves. And to me, part of the beauty of this game was that the Islanders went back to playing their style of hockey and didn't give the Flyers a chance to get too many quality scoring chances. Even in the third period, when the Flyers should have come out desperate early on, it was the Islanders who were getting better scoring chances. Exactly. And, you know, they, they, they never, you know, as somebody, I think the expression was mentioning it, they never took their foot off that gas pedal. You know, when they had that two nothing lead, it came to three nothing. You figure they're they're gonna let back and they're gonna let back and, and and the answer was no. They just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And no matter what, you know, Elaine Vino did, you know, changing his lines or making the defense be a little more uh, mobile and coming up and, and taking chances, they just smothered. They just smothered they sh- smothered the shooting lanes, you know, they got they got sticks on pucks, you know, they got into the battles in the corners and that that's that, to me, that was one of the big differences of this game, you know, regardless of the scoring, is that they they got into the corners and they were winning battles left and right all game long. And that's how that's how you suffocate a team. That's the way they did it with the Washington Capitals in the first round, and they did it again in game seven. You know, if you that, – that kind of play, you know, does does great things for a hockey club. And, you know, when you have the confidence, you know, you get that early lead, you know, uh, I think the graphic was 74% of the time in a game seven, whoever gets game goal number one wins the game. And uh, after Mayfield got that goal, you can see the confidence just getting further and further and further in the positive direction. And it just was relentless all game. It really was. And, and you know, kudos to the Islanders for the way they handled this game seven. It would have been so easy for this team to say, oh, we lost two in a row and the momentum is with the Flyers and they've got the last change here in game seven. And, you know, if you read the press clippings, everyone was down on or not necessarily down on the Islanders, but very enthused about the miracle comeback that the Flyers were making. And yet, you know, one thing about a Barry Trotz team, he doesn't let this team get too high and he doesn't let this team get too low. No, then that's 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 a very good sign of successful coach and, and both coaches, you know, did a tremendous job. I mean, you know, to, you know, Vino has been in this situation before he's won a couple of series where his teams were down three, one. Um, 
he, you know, he's got it, you know, his first year as a Flyers coach, he's got, he had the team believing in their system. You know, it's a great bunch of hockey players over there. You know, I've got a, a bunch of friends in Philadelphia. I've been talking throughout the whole series and, and we both were basically praising each other's teams because, you know, it was a great series. You know, there wasn't, a, you know, there was physicality, but it didn't really, you know, other than a couple of fights here, there, it really wasn't a nasty series. Both teams played really hard, you know, wanting, you know, wanting the, uh, the fans to be happy with their performance. And, and, you know, as a fan of the game, forget it being an Islander fan, but as a fan of the sport of hockey, this was a, this was probably one of the most exciting series I've seen in a long time. And we've had some, we've had some great series in the NHL this year, but um, you know, I'm just glad that, uh, you know, that our, that our boys did what they did. And like I said, on to, onto the Tampa Bay Lightning on Monday, and I'm really looking forward to this because this is going to be another crazy hard-fought series. No question about it. What What's with Matt Barzal tonight? I mean, did he have a target on his uniform that I didn't see? <laughs> yeah, I know, between the puck hitting him off the post in practice and knocking his helmet off, getting clipped, you know, it's just – but again, it, it, it doesn't, it didn't, you know, it, it obviously you have to, you know, shove the, uh, the gauze up his nose to keep him in the game, but it didn't stop him. I mean, he was just, he's amazing. And you can hear how the announcers were, were just reveling over him. You know, when you don't see him every day, like we do, you know, it's a different story, but when you see, you know, the kinds of things he does and the way he, you know, he stops not even on a dime, but maybe a half a dime, uh, you know, moving on on players and, and basically, you know, I, I would say, you know, knocking them out of their jocks. In some cases, he's just he's just a pleasure to watch. And you know, it, and it just brings me back to when he was drafted. That Boston had three straight picks before the Islanders selected Barzal at number fifteen, and they did not take him. No. I, I'm, I know that was probably the end of Peter Shirelli as the GM of Boston. But could you imagine three opportunities to get a guy like him? actually 14 tries and uh you know he became our, our property and uh, what a what a what a wonderful young young player and a wonderful young man and I, I just look forward to an unbelievable future for this kid yeah and the islanders obviously having to uh re-sign him this off season so that's going to be something to keep an eye on once the playoffs are over uh this is a mini episode, so uh, one last question for you, Gary, uh, before we head out. Uh, what do the Islanders need to do to compete with the Tampa Bay Lightning? Because, look, they're a, they're a tough, tough, talented team. Well, I, I really look at it in a similar aspect to the, the Capital Series. I mean, you got to – obviously, there are, they're a good, solid four-line team, um, and they've got great defensemen back there with Victor Hedman among them. Um, so you gotta you gotta play this. I would say a similar kind of type of game because you have to watch out obviously for the likes of Nikita Kucherov, who's a tremendous offensive talent. If you can stymie that first line, that would be a big a big help. And you know, being that the Islanders have had to play the last two series, you know, as the uh, lower seed, and you know they got to play you know, game one and game two as a road team, I don't think that makes a big difference to, to a Barry Trotz coach team because, again, you can roll, as you see, you know, throughout this playoffs, you're rolling four lines all through. I mean, you know, Casey and Brock and Matt Martin played played phenomenal again, yeah. you know, back to, back to the way they, they've been. And, um, 
you know, you can you could put that line against any line, whether it's first, second, third, or fourth, and they'll do the job. And same way with the other the other, you just have to, you know, watch watch their top scores. And you know, you got other guys that can sneak in. But to me, I think if if they if Barry Trotz coaches this team similarly that they did against the Washington Capitals, I really think. And I'm not saying it's because I am an Islander fan, but I really think as a, as a as a student of the game, I really think the Islanders got a chance. Yeah, it's going to be uh, – it's not going to be easy for either team, I think, to win this series. Oh, no, absolutely not. This is going to be a battle. This is going to be a battle. All right, Gary, before we let you go, uh, please tell our listeners where they can follow you and, and hear more about the things that you do. Um, well, my Twitter handle is at GHardingWGBB. Um, I am, again, one of the hosts of Sports Talk 1240 on WGBB 1240 AM and 95.9 FM on Long Island. My next show uh, is a week from this coming Sunday on September 13th. I am hoping to get some Islander guests. I am not sure of the schedule. Hopefully we're not playing that night. If not, I probably won't be on the air. But, uh, um, again, uh, that's where you can definitely reach me. And um, I also tweet out for the New York Islanders Booster Club as well. Um, nyibooster.org is our website and hopefully we're going to try to do some charity things and stuff as the, as the uh, playoffs go and uh, you know just keep uh, keep the faith Islander fans it's going to be uh, it's going to be a great series against Tampa and I uh, hope you're uh, if you're not on the bandwagon come on and join it's free all right Gary Harding thanks so much for joining us today and uh, looking forward to having you back again uh, during the the series with the Bolts Absolutely, Gil. Anytime, my friend. Have a great evening. All right. Thank you, too. And that's going to do it for this special edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We'll be back uh, Monday morning or late Sunday night, a little after midnight. We drop our shows to start previewing the series against Tampa Bay, and we'll have more about this win. Congratulations to the Flyers, a hard-fought series, and for their effort. But Islander fans, how sweet is it? This team is going to the conference finals for the first time in 27 years. Have a great night, everybody. Stay safe. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And of course, let's go Islanders.